Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tape Measure Takes for a special bonus episode uh, covering MLB The Show 20 and wishlist items for 21. It is your host, Rai Rai, and as always, joined by my co-host, Chris, a.k.a. Schwebzy. Hi, friends. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, there's a video this week. There is. Which is really uh, wildly uncomfortable for me because uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I just don't do video. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. It is. And we have a couple special guests with us, us this week to go through all that was MLB The Show 20. Yes, we have with us today two great MLB The Show content creators, Seabrev and Day Holy Grail. Seabrev is a top 100 player, a common name in the later rounds of MLB The Show tournaments, whether it be ESL or events put on by the community. Uh, he's experienced a meteoric rise amongst MLB The Show content creators this year as he has gone from, and I'm stealing from your pin tweet here, a B-tier Madden player to one of the biggest names in the community. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at over uh, 11,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, if you're wondering if you should start Willie Mays over Ken Griffey Jr., it's Seabrev's tier list that you want to reference. Now, Day uh, is your favorite streamer's favorite streamer. We are opening our gates for Day Holy Grail, a beacon of positivity in the community and no slouch on the controller himself. This name is one of the best obscure baseball player puns I've ever seen. Day Holy Grail has like 200 career plate appearances for the Mariners, <laughs> a day holy. So yep. uh, yeah, you can you can find day anywhere in the community, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, probably MySpace. Um, and aside from the game, day just cares about the community and the people in it as he's fresh off a Movember panel on mental health, anxiety, and how those things affect content creators. So uh, did did I miss anything, Seabrev? Uh, anything anything that I missed? No, man, you did great. Good job. <laughs> Although I will say that uh, you said Dejo's no slouch himself, and I would like to disagree. Look, I, look, I, know, yeah, we I pretty, know... We had a pretty epic game this year. <laughs> I, I know World Series players are like our scrubs to Seabred, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I just take shots at Dejo all the time. No, That's yeah. Fun. I accept it. It's all right. It's kinda, this is kind of how... Our relationship, Gus. How did we arrive with the Day Ho Lee pun? So it just, you know, I mean, as you said, very obscure Mariners folk hero, a, you know, a huge, a huge monster of a human being with a, you know, Santa Claus belly that just came off the bench and hit, you know, walk off home runs for a year with the Mariners. I mean, everyone loved Day Ho Lee for the one year, year he was there. And it just kind of came together as a PlayStation name that, you know, just some obscure name you put together. I never thought I was going to go into content creation. So I just kind of took my PSN, my PlayStation name, and and there you go. You, you have had much more longevity than Day Holy. <laughs> I, so. I wouldn't say that much. <laughs> so, right, right. Where, where are we going today? What are we talking about today? We're going to get started with one of the first uh, major announcements they actually made about the game last year in terms of content, which was minor leaguers were in the game for the first time ever from day one. We didn't have to wait for them to come up, uh, which means prospect cards were in the game. They also had future stars cards in the game from day one. And in addition, uh, they surprised us with cards from previous games. And as they stated in one of their dev streams, this was to try and create more variety in the cards in how you collected them and played against them. And so my general question is, did this work? And was it good or bad overall for the game this year? And uh, let's toss it to Seabrev first on this one. Yeah, I think pretty much everything they did with minor leaguers, I think, was really good. Um, they helped at launch a lot. There was new names that were top-tier rewards, like Adley being a World Series reward was really cool um, at a thin position early on in the year as well. Um, and then stage two, I don't think they were planning on doing future stars, but um, it ended up working out well, getting a lot of bigger minor league names out there. And then uh, this might be controversial as well, but I kind of like how they're still holding on to like the future stars, the 99s of Wander and Adley and Kelnick, the big names, because it gives uh, 
a little more longevity to the content in this year's game, and we're going to be seeing these guys for years to come anyway. So when they're not really in the show yet, it makes sense to keep those kind of cards towards the end. So I don't really have any complaints. It definitely helped the variety. It's cool to use them, and it'll be cool to keep using them as live series cards as they start to come up. For sure. Yeah, I think that also and also helped us kind of be a little bit more excited about these players once they came up. A lot of a lot of guys we probably wouldn't even know if it wasn't for the game this year. And to see someone like a Nolan Gorman and um, you know, some of these other guys that we're looking forward to to seeing in the big leagues. I think it, it's a big win across the board and definitely helps, you know, us a little bit more be invested in the game, I feel like. I, I have been ranting all year long about the Mets' top prospect not being in the game. It's just <laughs> incredibly upsetting. But uh, I know I remember earlier in the year the the initial reaction to future stars and uh, and prospect cards. There was a lot of negativity, and like I just never really understood that because like why wouldn't you want these young stars to get some uh, some just exposure and like you know. I, I just have so much fun using these young cards. I'll still use some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, a lot of it. You go ahead, Dave. I think a lot of it comes from kind of what we expect out of the game. Like, you know, with certain content to drop earlier than, than others. And, and maybe some people thought that, you know, the future stars are kind of like a placeholder for everything else. So just kind of based on timing, I feel like a lot of people were kind of confused about the concept. But I think overall, looking back on it, a lot of people probably, you know, would have different opinions how everything played out. Yeah, and I think the core of the issue was stage two, which, again, mm -hmm. I don't think their plan was to do future stars. Yeah. Um. So they kind of like sandwiched. Like, I remember Madrigal was the first future stars announced. And they're like, this mm -hmm. guy already has a prospect card and we're two months in. Like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. um, but that was kind of a pivot from them. But I just want to reiterate how cool it was at launch to have the prospects because as far as I can remember, we haven't had like a desirable choice pack like on day one. And they had prospects set one that you could get in the first inning program. And it's really hard to field a team no money spent, especially the first week. And so just having that like a, a pack where you can get usable cards on day one was super cool. It helped at launch a lot. I remember at like when the prospects packs came out at uh, around launch where like you would see like people post video reactions of them like pulling the Luis Robert from the pack one and just going crazy because it was really exciting to pull those high rounds early in the, in the year. Yeah, and then yeah, I, uh, Julio Rodriguez was one of the first ones too. So as a Mariners fan, I was really pumped about that. You got J-Rod and Kellenic. Mm-hmm. And Logan Gilbert. Yeah, no future stars yet, but uh, you know, I'm I'm holding out on hope for those guys. Yeah. Gilbert against all odds is now like one of the most expensive prospect cards in the game. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> um Zebrev actually touched touched on the second question that I was going to ask a little bit, which was how was the variety in how you acquired the cards, uh reworked team affinity this year with the stages, choice packs a lot earlier and even some collection rewards, uh, specifically the prospect collection rewards at the beginning of the year, uh, did it change how you played the game this year at all in terms of what you focused on? Dan, you want to start? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think some of these things got a little repetitive, um, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but I like the concept of uh, collecting all these cards for Team Affinity and having new uh, game modes like Showdown go towards that. Um, but I think ultimately, I think there needs to just be something else. Um, I'm one of the guys that, you know, I kind of wish there would be a few more packs for us to spend our stubs on. Um, I don't know why. I just have, you know, an unrealistic joy of just opening packs and not getting any diamonds. So um, <laughs> I I think that they things kind of just got stale near the end. But, you know, that finest release was was really fun. So... I mean, overall, I, I, I'm going to say it was a positive, but I, I do think there are aspects to it that were a little bit repetitive and, and made it a little stale. For sure. How about you, Seabreath? I'd agree with that on the whole. Um, I think the worst part of the Future Stars Prospects things was having it be Stage 2 release, uh, which, again, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but 
Um, I think it was probably the most between stage two and three were probably the most disappointing team affinity stages. And I think if they continue with that format in the future, um, they should probably, if it were me, I would keep future stars and prospects to like packs and other means of obtaining them because it'd be super easy to just do like a future stars pack, just like the beach ball or the ducks on the pond with rare rounds and stuff. Um, and that would keep them away from, you know, like multi-month grinds because I remember being, at 100% on the A's and rocking Matt Olsen for a bit. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to grind for Jorge Mateo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if I pulled Jorge and Mateo out of a pack, that would have been a completely different story. So mm-hmm. I think the same thing can be said between stage three and stage four. Um, there are a lot of like really juice cards in stage three and then others in stage four that just did not match up. So you might you might be grinding for 100% when the card at 75% was better than the one if you you finished it all the way through so i think in that aspect they could have done a better job for sure yeah i do i i get a kick out of when they uh release a card like i uh, like the the stage three al lighter for example and you saw it on paper and you're like oh my god this card throws like 92 this card is bad and then you actually use it and you're like oh man this sinker cutter combo is like nasty mm-hmm. but uh and there was a there was a good bit of that in stage four too with like Candelario San, San, uh, Santander like there's some really good uh, cards that might not have appeared so good right off the bat if if, mm-hmm. if you're not a BR player and don't use those silvers regularly. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of how the rewards were structured, like the cards that were available in events versus the World Series BR, how, how do you think they did with that? Um, I'll let you go first, see, Brem. I thought it was good. I mean, all the big names were like kind of harder to get for the most part, like Wander being a collection and then still not being out, Adley being World Series. Um, I feel like the spacing was kind of weird. Like Alec Bohm mm-hmm. is an event reward and like May was kind of weird. And he was a 95 at the time, which was actually pretty high overall. Um, and overall... I don't know. I I don't know how they could do it better, but it just seemed like it was it went in waves. Like we got a ton of future stars mm-hmm. and then nothing and then a ton of future stars and then nothing. So Yeah, I also agree that the like the progression of the event rewards didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um some events, you know, they they would throw out like a really, you know, B tier card for a whole bunch of work that I did not want to put into. And then other other events was like the Goose Gossage, who's still going for like, you know, 500,000 stubs now. And it was just like kind of a weird variety, I would say, this year. But Yeah, and even, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, even good. recently, you could get 24 wins for 96 Brandon Rogers, or you could get 20 wins for Cody Bellinger. Yeah, that <laughs> you know makes I mean? absolutely no <laughs> Yeah, but I yeah. mean... Uh... Between the between the programs too, like I feel like no one talks about these programs this year, but there's some like really legit cards and programs. Mm-hmm. Like even if you even if you ignore like the Arazarena and the Seeger that came out, like there was Miggy, uh Vado, Cal Ripian. There's there's some mm-hmm. really legit cards in there. The Jim Edmonds, Jim Edmonds cards always play in this game. So yeah, I mean uh, I think that that touches on something that we want to talk about a little later on. So I'm going to leave that off there. Uh, I feel like something that is, it's pretty obvious that SDS, as far as content is concerned, they listen. Like, so you figure two years ago, there was the, there was, uh, what, what were the top, the immortal, there was the immortal mm-hmm. grind. Debacle, yeah. And then last year, there was yeah. there was basically no real stack grinds like that. And some people mm-hmm. complained about that. They, 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 uh, for some reason, these masks like the immortal grind. And then <laughs> this year, they brought in prestige. What did you guys think of prestige? Day, you want to start? Um, yeah, whoever. Yeah, I, I really actually enjoyed that aspect of the game. Um, my only thing about the prestige, and I hope that they, um, I hope they they kind of change things up because I, I I thought the concept was really cool. You know, you grind this card that you like to use, you get plus three on every stat. But 
I was also thinking of that there should be other ways to to get those attributes distributed. Like maybe, you know, you have a prestige grind for more power or one for more speed or something like that. I just I think the concept overall was great, but I, I feel like there's still some fine tuning to be done. Yeah, I can I get that because say like uh the, the Mookie Betts that just came out, for example. His defense doesn't need a plus three across the board, mm -hmm. but his stats versus lefties could sure use a little bit more. So yeah, I I, I totally get that. Uh, how about uh, Sebra? What do you think about prestige in general? Yeah, I actually have a lot of thoughts on prestige. I'll probably make a video on it, but um, they fire away. the The concept is amazing. I think it's maybe one of my favorite parts of the new stuff in this year's game. Um, something to work towards while you're playing people online. Um, I know people have called for offline grinds. I'm strongly opposed to that just because people will always take the path of least resistance. And so you're just going to end up with MLB 18 again with people grinding against the computer on rookie if they can. So mm -hmm. yeah, I like the online aspect of it. I feel like not to take shots, but I feel like they didn't put a lot of effort into like the actual stats. Like they, I don't know if you guys looked at the mm -hmm. finest programs, but they all have like a stock 115 at bats, which is, fine for some but really bad for others like especially for the catchers like stallings had 31 hits this year so you yeah. can hit like 260 with stallings and you'll still finish everything before at bats which is kind of crazy wow. i think uh i think the stat grinds are maybe a little long and i don't mm -hmm. like the binary of it of you either have a prestige or you don't uh mm -hmm. so my overall solution to that would be to have more like tiers like you could get a plus one to everything after you get like 20 hits yeah and then you get 20 more hits and you get a plus two or something like that. And that would even allow cards like Ty Cobb, who's at 89 fielding. You could just do the first stage of the prestige and just be done with it. So um, there's a lot they could that. do, but I hope they keep it in. With the mm -hmm. amount of thought they didn't put into it in stage four with the finest cards, I'm a little worried that they might get rid of it. So we'll see what happens. I, uh, I just about lost my mind when I saw what the requirements for Prestige Lou Gehrig were. <laughs> yeah, they're <Because> extreme. <laughs> they, they based it off of his best seasons, which it's Lou Gehrig. So we're talking, you know, 200 plus hits, 150 plus runs, RBIs. And it's just an absolutely absurd grind. And they released Extreme in like August, I think. Who's using Lou Gehrig that much? Like, it's just... Somebody yeah. somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's a and tough grind. I, I think I saw this. I, I think I saw that you tweeted this, Sebra. Like, uh, you got all of your stats with Santander, and then you needed like forty-five more at bats. Yeah, which they added that into like counter boosting, but I don't even think it does that really. To be honest, I feel like they shouldn't have done that. The pitchers, Another... pitchers are different story, but I think the issue with that Lou Gehrig thing too is that it really limits. Like the cards that you want to like, if you really want to prestige that card, that's that's the only card you're gonna use for a long time, and it limits your ability to try other players out. And if you're like really intent on getting that prestige, I feel like it just kind of, you know, takes away a little bit from all the other cards that you could be using, especially with all these new programs that come out. And you know, there's a lot of good first basemen out there. So yeah, yeah, blue with no secondary. Raise your hand if you've absolutely hamstrung your lineup because you wanted to prestige someone. <laughs> uh, I yeah. would never do that. I don't have a prestige 93 Duke Snyder. <laughs> who, who, who here has a who, who has a prestige the catfish hunter? <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> stam. Big stam. Uh, all right. So uh, where, where are we headed next, Rai Rai? Uh, we're going to talk about some non-card-specific content. Uh, I heard this this word come up uh, earlier. Uh, any specific feedback or or critiques or praise on like the new specific game mode they added this year? That was a huge part of the new in or the re kind of redone innings programs in Showdown. Um, I think Showdown. It's a good idea. I just it didn't really do anything for me. Um, again, it, it's just kind of the same thing. It's it, it gets really repetitive when you have to do the same thing over and over and over again. And and I can kind of attribute the same thing to Conquest too. Yeah. Um, but 
I just, I don't know. I didn't really enjoy it. It was kind of one of those things that I had to do as opposed to I enjoy playing this game mode. Um, but I did kind of like that there's, you know, there's just another aspect to the grind where, you know, if you're bored of doing something, you can move on to something else. But at the same time, I feel like it was very one-dimensional. Yeah. And it's things like the... Um, um, what's it called like the power-ups or whatever that you got like all those were pretty much the same from day one they didn't do anything about that they didn't change anything up like that so like they they didn't really do anything to make it you know unique after the first one uh, in my opinion right yeah yeah and it's another thing where i hope they keep it going forward i was gonna say i was gonna bring up conquest when you said uh it doesn't really get you going but it's a nice way to earn rewards that's kind of how i feel about conquest I hope they keep Showdown in because it is another alternative way. But again, I'm a little worried because because they do listen to feedback. Um, they have made Showdowns so much easier throughout yeah. the year than they have, and I wonder if they think it's worth it to even keep it going forward with how easy they are now. Because um, in theory, you'd want easy ones at launch too. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see if they keep them. I hope they do. Um, being able to choose Showdown or Conquest like in Stage 4 is really cool. So, yeah. but overall, yeah, it's just a, it's just a different way to grind. It's not really exciting mm-hmm. once you do it enough times. You've seen it all. I would like them to see like them to bring in new perks and stuff, like you said, mm-hmm. throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, like why not just like rewards. give us a perk where you can hit like six hundred foot bombs? Like that would make <laughs> yeah. it way more fun. Or like make yeah. your picture throw one hundred ten miles an hour. Like, I mean, bring come on, that would actually be super cool to make it like heavily arcade. That would yeah. make it really fun. Bring the power ups from backyard baseball into it. Mm-hmm. I would like for my perfect, perfect lineouts to go through the defender's chest. <laughs> <laughs> or they could just be home runs, you know. I was <laughs> saying, a lot of... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> it's asking for too much, okay? See, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, I know a lot of casual players. Um, some of my friends and stuff had talked about when they played the fr- the first one, like very at the start of the game, when they had like the hidden sliders in it to kind of counteract some of the power ups and stuff. That that turned a lot of people off from playing Showdown the rest of the year, even though they made it easier as the year went on. Um, the other major thing from Showdown is I would like to see more variety in how the programs are laid out overall. Like very early on, it was like four mm-hmm. missions, boss, four missions, boss, final boss, and then they kind of did like all boss ones. I'd like. You know, one mission boss, three missions boss. Mix it, mix it up more. I think the tools are there for it to be really good next year. Mm-hmm. So I I feel similarly to Showdown that I did to Moments last year because last year was the first year of Moments, and they did some things in the beginning of last year where like they accompanied the Moments with videos. Uh, or the, mm-hmm. they tried to make it like more more immersive, more of a history lesson, and they completely abandoned that. Literally, the second the game released, like whatever whatever was there at drop was there for the year. Um, and I was really hoping that this year they did more of that, and they absolutely did not. Moments are actually like less than last year; like they don't even have that uh, historical stuff like they did at launch last year. So I'm a little bit pessimistic about Showdown. I kind of feel like they're just going to bring it back exactly the same as this year. But, you mm-hmm. know, fingers crossed that they do something with it. Speaking, All right, so... Speaking of drop I content, wanted to, uh, you reminded me of something. Um, are you yep. guys surprised that they made such a big deal around launch about, like, the Evolution series program, like the four cards, and then did nothing with it the rest of the year outside of Jackie Robinson? Yeah, that was a very cool concept, and it makes no sense to me why they couldn't just throw that Carlos Gonzalez, Dennis Eckersley, Pudge Rodriguez just on top of the program. And it, I don't think anyone ever complained about it either, which is the weird part. Um, yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd think that it would keep going, and first, I don't know why, but they just kind of gave up on that concept. But I think they should bring it back next year. Um, but the fact that they didn't do anything with it, again, like Seabrev saying, I don't think they necessarily will but i do think it's a really cool concept and it just kind of died within the first month it's kind of weird yeah Yeah, that's one of the bigger mysteries 
of this year is why they didn't touch it really after mm-hmm. launch, except for Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about offline prestige grinds earlier. Um, that's what evolution could be. You know, mm-hmm. if you like, if they never added a prestige Jackie to the program either, but they very easily could have after mm-hmm. this stage that's out right now. And so that could be an offline way, way to upgrade your cards and you could put prestige cards at the end of these evolution programs later in the year, or even earlier, if it's someone that's not going to get a high overall, like just off the top of my head, Roy Oswald, I know he was a choice pack, mm-hmm. uh, but he could easily be like an Evo next year. And then he caps it like a, a 95 prestige after you beat the program or whatever. So they should yeah, definitely do something. The Jackie thing is weird to me because he's definitely someone that would benefit from a prestige, but they never mm-hmm. gave it to him. Yeah. I, I yeah. just thought that was kind of weird too. Yeah, He's got 79 power versus right, and I think his fielding would go up to diamond if he got prestige mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a really, that's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel, I feel almost like I, I've been on the record many times saying that I've just been, I, I think their content team as a whole has done a fantastic job in the past, like, I don't know, two, two years now. Yeah. Cause uh, 18 mm-hmm. was, eh. but 19 and 20 <laughs> have just been fantastic from a content perspective, but it's there. There's always that little nagging feeling where like it could be it, like even ha- with how good it is, it could be better. And that's one of those things like the the, the evolution thing, the the moments from last year. There, there's still they, they could still do a lot better in spite of how what a high level they're already uh, performing at. Yeah, for sure. I just so, think we are so close to where we want to be as you know those that play the game compared to 18. I think we've come a long freaking oh, yeah. way and there's just a couple tweaks to just make this game perfect and i think we're very close so i'm really interested to see um next year how much they take our feedback and um i just you know there's nothing wrong necessarily with this content it's just it's a lot and the timing of everything and it's just there's just a few tweaks that I feel like it we're so close for it to being perfect or you know as good as we can expect. Agreed. Certainly. And just before we move on, um, just to bring up prospects and future stars again, that would be a perfect way to do evolution programs because mm-hmm. oh, they literally yeah. that just would evolve be. as a player. You know, mm-hmm. like you go from ninety Lizardo to ninety eight Lizardo or whatever. And if you think that's like too OP or in the end of the year, you can even time gate the stages or whatever, like they did with mm-hmm. Jackie. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, a great you idea. Just, you just made you just made a light bulb go off. I kind of I kind of now want a past prospect. Like, give me give me like a, a prospect Bryce Harper card early in the year, like a flashback prospect. Oh, like know? a Shohei Otani or, or, or Trap. Yeah. But I, I digress. That that is a that is that'd a be super cool. Yeah, that'd yeah. be perfect in the Evo program too. <laughs> That's kind of like two years ago in nineteen. What they did with the kind of with the Bryce Harper, where you started out with like the eight, the eighty two gold for all of those missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the, those uh, even in the the Immortal grind because you went you went from like the gold Frank Thomas to the diamond Frank Thomas to the Immortal Frank Thomas. Yeah. Or, uh, I, I did I, I would I would like to see more stuff like that next year, but that that can that can go on the old the old wish list, which yes, we, will get to. we will get to. So, so uh, I think I think this question uh, I, I want to focus mainly at Seabrev because uh, I mean you're you're from a gameplay perspective you're the best uh, player here. Uh, how does I, I want how do you think the game does or SDS does? with catering and balancing their games but you know comparing top level players to the average player um (laughs) i'm gonna make some top players angry i think if they hear this but this is my opinion i think gameplay is basically ideal for their business model because you First of all, you need to be heavily content-focused over gameplay-focused in an ultimate team (laughs) game mode to make the most amount of money, which they are. The content's been insane, so good on them. Um, But when you do focus on gameplay, you have to have a system in which it keeps casual players engaged for a long time. And so 
the RNG we see very often, especially on all-star difficulty, is definitely intentional, and it's not going to be going anywhere. And I don't even think it's necessarily wrong of them to have the gameplay like that at that difficulty. So uh, as a top player, it gets frustrating losing to people that you don't think you should lose to sometimes, but more often than not, you do beat those people over the long run. So it's uh, you just move on. And as far as them like running the game as a company, they're doing it exactly how they should be. Uh, that's that's very uh, reasonable, logical, and uh, I hate it. Like, well, I, I, <laughs> no, no, real, no. That's that's a Thanks, really I hate good it. answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, from from a business sense, it does make perfect sense. And yeah, uh, no one no one loves having their games decided by RNG, but it, you know, RNG is a great equalizer. So, how about team building? Uh, both of you guys have done a good deal of uh no money spent or uh, your stub stipend series cbrev uh i know day day has a series on just accruing ridiculous amounts of stubs in a very short amount of time uh what, what do you guys think about how the game did for uh, no money spent players this year um if i'm gonna be honest they made it too easy um my, my four million think- subs would agree I think that's an issue in the game, honestly, because um, it makes these hard to get players like almost even more hard to obtain because everyone has all these stubs. So it's like a constant fight as to who's going to get them first, which in turn might not seem like they're harder to get, but um, they'll just it keeps that cap at the top. So like all those BR rewards are going to remain at a million stubs. And I, we've never had this issue before. I just think, like, it goes back to what I'm saying. I, there needs to be more variety of, you know, as much as we, you know, loved all this free content, I still think there's some more packs that we should be spending our stubs on. I think there's other ways that we can go about um, getting these stubs because I feel like, honestly, they made it way too easy this year. I think I'd agree with that. Uh, what do you well. think, Seabreath? Yeah, it's 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 too easy. Um, I had Mantle no money spent during the first rank season on my main account, <laughs> and I only played BR once. Like I only went twelve and zero one time, so everything else was grinding everything else. So um, that was a lot of team affinity opening packs, pulling diamonds. But uh, that should say a lot because in like last year, I didn't have Willie Mays no money spent for three or four months. So. <laughs> Um, that just tells you right away. And then, um, yeah, there's a big issue with people just having too many stubs. I don't want to see them change the market at all, but I think mm-hmm. with the amount of content they're trying to put out, there's too many market sellable cards. Uh, and that mm-hmm. could go back to like adding on to Evo or doing pr- like prestiges offline if they want to look into that. But when you have so many cards released over a long period of time that are all sellable, then you're just naturally going to have crazy inflation and you get to the point that we're at right now where it's a little crazy. So I would like to see them like, I don't know, scale up a ton on the offline grinds, but not (laughs) for prestigious. I don't want to say this like Mm -hmm. usable cards that you could buy or grind for, but that don't interact with each other. If that makes sense, it does. So, argue arguably for a no money spent player, you know things have never been better if they're trying to acquire the best cards. Well, maybe not the very best because you know mm-hmm. no one's getting Billy Wagner at this point. But uh, yeah, they, I, my my four point something million stubs would agree with you guys because I'm not anything close to a market savant, and I I have more stubs than I know what to do with. The, so yeah, definitely agree with everything. The investment opportunities this year from the upgrades mm-hmm. because they were upgrading people. Oh so yeah, fast. the weekly definitely, upgrades. Weekly updates definitely pushed it a lot more mm-hmm. this year. Like I agree yeah. with that. Like I didn't play. I didn't play for two months and came back in like August and just bought silver to gold and then the next week bought gold to diamond upgrades and I think I made four hundred thousand on t- in two weeks, just barely yeah. touching it, just barely buying cards. Mm-hmm. I think that had to get yeah, I, it. any any one of the changes that we talked about, like the too many sellable cards or or the you know the the very volatile upgrades this year, 
like any one of those things would have thrown the market like more out of whack than normal or stub balances out of whack. But uh, there were like a few things at once. So it really, really got mm -hmm. out of control. Yeah. Oh. All right. So let's, uh, we, we touched on this a very, uh, a little bit when we talked about the uh, hardcore versus casual gaming, but let it, let's move on to everyone's favorite topic, uh, the gameplay. And in fitting yeah. fashion, I'll, I'll select a gameplay topic at random first. How did you guys feel about the uh, the pitching? How, how was the pitching this year? LOL. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even comment. I'm so bad at pitching this year that oh, wait. I... <laughs> Hang on, I just threw another pitch down the middle that got tanked. <laughs> <laughs> I basically prepare myself to score like 12 runs a game if I want to win. Because that's what this game has pretty much turned into at this point. Um, mm -hmm. It just seems like you're not rewarded even in the slightest compared to hitting. Um, I really want them to see next year an implement of perfect, perfect pitching or whatever that may look like. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like things are so random this year. What, yeah, uh, what uh, method do you guys use? Is it meter or uh, analog? I've used both and I honestly cannot tell the difference. <laughs> I think analog is objectively better, but that's just my opinion. I I was struggling really, really bad. Even I'm I think I capped out at like seven sixty eight this year was my highest. But like in the six hundreds, like I may I had to make the switch from metered to analog because metered everything was just going across the middle. And then with analog, yeah, no. at least I had a chance to not throw it down the middle. You yeah, say that. <laughs> You say that, and then like the next three pitches, change ups, you know, underneath the zone, right, right yeah. in the sweet spot, right. Yeah, I just threw another curveball that I tried to bury, and it stayed middle down and got tanked. Tank. <laughs> so I think the only difference between analog and meter, honestly, is your ability to hit the hoop is easier than your ability to hit the small line on the meter. <laughs> if there was, if they made the small line bigger on meter, I think they'd be pretty comparable. Yeah. I, I, there's mm -hmm. nothing. There's nothing that bothers me more in gaming when I feel than when I feel like I'm fighting the game to do what I want. It's like I mm -hmm. I know I know what I want to do. I'm I, and I'm inputting the command to do it, and the game just does something else. It's just mm, infuriating. So I mean, I mean, is the answer to how this gets better any different than just making the pitch go where you want it to more easily maybe a new pitching method altogether like yeah i mean i think perfect perfect pitching is an amazing idea um because it allows you to get positive reinforcement as a pitcher as well which you don't get a lot mm -hmm. of right now um even when you make a good pitch it's more like well that one didn't hang i got lucky you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> so perfect perfect pitching would be super cool and then um they could even have like i don't know pitcher feedback for the hitter afterwards like if you just get mm -hmm. dotted and it says perfect then you feel a little better about that uh but yeah the off speed's got to change um loopy sliders and curveballs need to snap harder need to be more viable and stuff that is supposed to be thrown below the zone needs to not magnetize up um but what do you i think... think about um the strike zone see Brem, do you think they should but my thing that I think about is like they should start calling more strikes that are on the corners, like that that take up a little, that hit the the zone a little more. Because I feel like that's kind of hard to to gauge when you're playing the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. I like making check swings less rewarded mm. because it'd be easier to get ahead in the count that way, um, and be easier to put people away once you're ahead. So I think. Actually, indirectly, check swings have a very large effect on why it's so hard to pitch. Yep. Um, I was going to say something else, too, but I forgot. So I'll, it'll come back to me. People fouling off. Yeah. Uh, the fouls oh on, God. like, so if you bad. throw a slider at someone's back foot and they foul it off, it's just the worst. Yeah, yeah they should have, like... like... The... Go ahead, Dave. It's not the check swings in general. It's like... It... it... And it's the foul balls too. It's like the the pitches that aren't even close, they're still fouling off. Even when your PCI isn't even remotely close. And that mm -hmm. is kind of what gets to me too. Like you make a super good pitch and this dude just swings at nothing and somehow makes contact. It makes 
it, it, it's so frustrating. Right. So we can we can pretty much agree. It we we need a more viable way of pitches going where we want them to. Um, it's too hard to strike people out between check swings and foul balls. Mm-hmm. That's that's really that's really what it comes down to. I think those those two things kind of kill your ability to be a good pitcher. The only way to get yeah. strikeouts is to actually fool people. You you can't really uh like like really fool them. I mean, not even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it speaks a lot to the issue. Like I'm a guy that prestiges a ton of cards just for fun. Uh, basically, every pitcher I've ever used has finished their innings way before they finished their strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So that's just tells you what the problem is like. Uh, I think there's an argument to be made that if your swing timing has the word vary in it, that you should never make contact. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how that. that would affect the gameplay for casuals, but uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of just how I feel about it. If if it says vary, you should never hit the ball. That's just yeah. my opinion. Because even it's yeah. frustrating as a hitter sometimes because you'll swing very early at a low and away changeup and it'll stay fair for a ground out. And it's like... Mm-hmm. How is this even a fair ball if I swung very early? You know what I mean? It's frustrating yeah. for everyone. Especially those home runs, very early home runs. Those are just Yeah. Like on away pitches. Oh man, that is that'll get I, you. Uh, yeah. I do love I'd love dotting the outside corner with a change up and having it pulled for an early home run. Oof. Like, yeah. But uh yeah, so uh hitting. I mean it's all right, so uh, what do you guys think about hitting? I actually like this one doesn't bother me as much. Maybe it's because I'm a bad hitter. Like I, pitching is what carries me. So when I can't pitch well, it drives me insane. Hitting, I suck. So when the system isn't the best, it doesn't really affect me that much because I'm bad anyway. But what do you guys think about pitching? I my hitting, one hitting. thing, and obviously Seabrev, you know, has more opinion of like legend gameplay and all that. I don't really play legend. I'm usually stuck in Hall of Fame. Um but the thing for me is that it seems like the overall, I think hitting is, you know, not that far away from being exactly what we all want it to be. But I think labeling things as good, like that good label means absolutely nothing to me. Um, you, you cannot predict where the ball is going to go or if it's going to be a hit, if it's labeled as good timing, which m- makes no sense to me because if you're, you're, you have good timing on the ball in my and thought process that should result in a hit more often than you know a pop up to the center fielder every time you know so that in particular is something that I just cannot get over um, and of course the very early in the early home runs but I think as a whole hitting has been really good this year like I mean I'm hitting like over 350 with all my hitters which I don't think I've ever done before and I think that the feedback in general is pretty good for hitting but there's just a few things that need to be tweaked. How about you, Seabreath? Yeah. Um, first off, I'd like to see perfect grounders removed. Um, <laughs> just put perfect liner or fly ball because mm-hmm. perfect grounders barely even have a 500 batting average from what I've heard. And those are the most frustrating outs, I think. Um, and sometimes you even line out and it's called perfect grounder, depending on where your PCI was relative to the ball. So... I would just like to see them get rid of that. It's not. It's not like. Uh, um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but even in real life, there's not a whole lot of people that like their mantra was to just hit a perfect grounder, and that was what they did. You know, like even the contact hitters of legend, like Tony Gwynn, were always shooting for line drives. So I don't really understand what a perfect grounder is, or like what archetype they're trying to develop with that. So I'd like to see it gone. Um. I've talked about scaling PCI size as the year goes on and as hitters get better. So I would like to see hall of fame moved down ranking and legend moved down ranking, like maybe six months in. This is something they do in MMOs where once you gear up a lot, they make the content harder to make it seem relatively the same. Mm. So I think lineups are too good. Yeah. Like PCIs are too big this late in the year. And this happened last year too, where it just turns into a slug fest Mm-hmm. Whereas they can artificially shrink PCIs or they could just move the, the legend down to 800 and Hall of Fame down to 600 or something. I think that would help out a lot. Um, as far as hitting mechanics in general, though, I think it's I think it's good. 
the the late side of good needs to be fixed for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like what you said about good timing being like too broad. I think mm-hmm. that if they would narrow it down, that would help a lot. Like I, if I'm remembering right, a long time ago they had like slightly early was a swing result, mm-hmm. and I know just late um, is still a swing result now, but. Basically, swinging late side of good now is what just late used to be, and they relabeled it in 18 to stop making people mad because just late was so overpowered in 17. So they just, like, they stretched the timing window out in 18 instead of solving the problem of just late, and now we're on the other side of the coin where swinging just late is, like, really bad as mm-hmm. far as exit velocities go. So yeah. I would like to see both sides of good rewarded equally and maybe... Just specify it down a little better for your timing. Yeah. So as as an old, uh, my reaction times are bad, and I am on the late side of good constantly. And I, for one, I just love hitting lazy fly balls constantly. Dude, the amount of times I've hit something in the 80s with an exit velo, late side of good with the ball dead center is crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's especially frustrating on away pitches because late side of good is exactly how you're supposed to swing in that pitch. But they have a program, so it's just dead anyways. Yeah, being being just late on a pitch on the outside and hitting it foul is like, Argh. But, uh, all right. So, I mean, fielding, I'm sure, I, I bet, is not going to be as much of a hot topic because it was atrocious at the start of the year, got better, and then, like, it's it's been mostly, I, I just call it a, a, a bit better than okay since then. Is there anything particular about the fielding that you guys want to call out? I know a, a, a particular sticking point for me is, uh, what, what would you call it? Fielder, um, as a, like the... Urgency? Or, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Like an outfielder picks up the ball in the outfield, picks it up, sets, turns, throws. And it's just like the most in, intensely frustrating thing because, the, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. did not take two seconds after he picked up the ball to get it back into the infield. So what do, what do you guys think about fielding? Um, I I still think there's there's issues with balls that are hit to the the fence um or slightly over that, you know, there's still that bug for whatever reason every once in a while. I mean, I don't have that issue too often, but I do see um people posting clips um where things just like don't make sense at all and um so I think that that still needs some tweaking. I think overall, though, implementing the um, the perfect throw type thing, like the center center throws, I think that kind of helped um, separate a lot for the defense. Um, something that kind of plays into this that I I think that really needs to be changed that kind of has to do with fielding is the base running. Um, I think base running has been um, probably one of the biggest issues as far as as far as the whole fielding you know once you hit the ball um everything after that i think fielding um there's still some issues and everything you guys are talking about is um you know valid but i think out of all that that the base running is actually you know the worst aspect that needs to be improved upon yeah i'm not sure if i've got if the base running's gotten better over the course of the year or if i've just learned to make my base running work with the system that's in place uh what about you see fielding base running what do you think yeah this is the first year where they have runners hesitate on balls in the gap which i don't know i guess it's more realistic and maybe this is some way they can implement a way for base running aggressiveness rating to mean something but i never had an issue with guys just like taking off right away if it's clearly going to drop but sometimes they just stop this Mm -hmm. year Mm-hmm. Um, I also think for base running, it's way too easy to like cancel ascend. Like you, if you're rounding second going to third, if you press it like the right before you get to second base, you're either gonna pull up and stop like nothing happened, or you're gonna take ten steps around second and get back picked. So mm-hmm. they need to like have a better window where it's like if you send him too late, you're gonna get back picked. But if you send him on time, you're not gonna have that issue because right now it's a little RNG. Uh, for fielding, I like the perfect throw a lot. I think they could do more with that. I think mm-hmm. uh, one of my biggest gripes with fielding is corner infield defense that doesn't really matter on the game. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of fixes I've thought of, like uh, you only get granted auto dives if you have diamond defense in the infield. 
Um, you could have perfect throws first. Yeah, you can have perfect throws from infielders like on the Jeter jump throw that only certain guys like you would have an attribute threshold where you would only get that perfect throw indicator if you had high enough fielding stuff like that. So, I think that's my biggest issue with fielding. Um, the the stuff at the walls is still an issue right now, and the issue is that if it has a weird bounce. Uh, you get suctioned into like the the ribbon to play it off a of bounce instead of just catching it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I was really bad in the beginning, and they fixed it. So, what can you do? Mm-hmm. I I love my stellar fielding third baseman Jim Tomei. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Seriously though, it would be totally game changing if they could make it like meta to choose between offense and defense, especially in the mid year yeah. where you have to make those choices. Yeah, I think that diving aspect that you're talking about is the biggest issue with these fielders is that they can make ridiculous plays with 60 defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played Robinson Cano out of position at shortstop with 61 (laughs) fielding, and he made like two errors in a whole season. So infield defense for sure. Easy to look at. They just like I know the game's animation based, and it's probably hard to program this. But if they could give different animations or like different reward systems for AI based on attributes, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was, but I got like jump thrown out like three steps into foul territory by some absolute scrub fielding third baseman this year, and it was the that's the one thing that like sticks in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um. They have attribute-based animations for catcher blocking now, so it it's probably doable in the long term for them to implement. Catcher defense, another thing that absolutely matters. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all right. So I think we we've touched on everything like content and gameplay wise that we wanted to. Yes. Before we move on to like wish lists, is there anything else about the game that you guys want to want to talk about? I think we covered um, I, a lot. I think a really cool aspect to this game, and I really hope that we see more of it next year, was getting all these baseball players involved into it, and um, getting this, oh, yeah. you know, Major League Baseball whatever tournament. I, I, I mean, I don't know if that was just for quarantine or whatever, but I feel like that. And the other big thing that we had this year was drops. Um, those two, I think, really ca- can catapult the game to to make it extremely popular moving forward. So I'd like to see a lot more of that next year. And, I mean, those aren't maybe directly related to gameplay or content or anything like that, but I feel like they definitely brought in new eyes through doing all that. So, you know, I'm, I was a big fan of that. I would love to see Actually. the MLB Players League return for, like, as in, like, an All-Star Week event. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've actually just reminded me. I I really wanted to ask you guys because you guys are both prominent on YouTube, uh, Twitch obviously, and Twitter. Uh, day you do the TikTok, the TikTok because I'm ancient and I call it the TikTok, <laughs> apparently. But uh, so what what do you think about where the game is going in like for social media or the community, like or content creators? Uh, what what have you seen this year compared to previous years? I mean, Seabrev can can talk about that more than i can but it's it's blowing up right now does he also do the tiktok i do not do the tiktok (laughs) no my grandpa does but i don't (laughs) 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 yeah i mean this year was a meteoric rise for the popularity of the game Mm -hmm. um I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do cross-platform next year if we had a bit of a letdown but i think it'll be still growth and then once i think it goes multi-platform that'll be the big shebang well it'll be insane the interesting thing about that is they still haven't confirmed it if it's going multi-platform but sony one of their executives for sony of america did an interview with ign and mlb the show 21 was not on their exclusives list for 21 Hmm. so that's a good sign yeah, mm-hmm. but I I think I I think there is so much on the line for them next year if they are pointing it out on the Xbox and the Switch and everything that they're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes and they gotta confirm all this stuff before announcing anything. So I think they're in the works of a lot of a lot of important things going on right now. So 
Um, sure. I think it's just, you know, we it, it's only been a Sony exclu exclusive. So, you know, I'm thinking there's going to be, you know, some benefits from playing on the PlayStation. Maybe some cards will only be on the PlayStation or, or something like that. But I think they're ironing out all these things. I definitely feel like it's going to come out for the Xbox next year, though. We're also probably going to be like most uh, console generation gaps probably be delayed in, in terms of the PlayStation 5 release of the game versus the PlayStation 4, which should be fun. Hopefully not. Uh, and there's speculation, but there's nothing to to, to believe that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, it's it's happened. It's happened every time before. But uh, I think I, I talked about this on, on Twitter a couple times and on and stream once. <laughs> um, normally, PlayStation puts their dev kits out about a year before the console launches. Sony San Diego has had these consoles for two and a half years now in terms of the dev kits. So hopefully there won't, hopefully that means there will not be a mm -hmm. delay like there was in previous years with it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think, I think it'd be huge for them to go multi-platform now. I think mm -hmm. they're ready. I think if they run 21 exactly how they ran 20, but on multi-platform, they're going to explode. Like they don't even have to do all the changes we talked about. Like if the game was carbon copied, it would still be it insane growth for them so yeah, yeah i agree so did, did you guys like that very professional uh headphone swap as <laughs> as, as my earbuds died <laughs> in the middle of a fucking important thing we should uh we should do we should make headphone swaps a thing like uh, jersey swaps uh. <laughs> <laughs> day we could trade we could trade headsets after this okay, I'm done. <laughs> only if it comes with the mariners beanie because i like that <laughs> I don't know, man. It's pretty comfy. Uh, All right. All right. Let's, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Go for let, it. Let's let's get into let's get into some wish list items because I'm sure people are going to overlap. So uh, we'll go we'll go around and do one, and then if anybody else has any a, additional one uh, that hasn't been covered, we'll we'll go through it. Seabrev, um, what is one item on your wish list for MLB The Show 21? All right, I get to go first, so I get to say the one everyone's gonna say. Yeah. Weekend league. Mm-hmm. Or if so, they don't do weekend league, different uh, ways to make event rewards more engaging. So uh, explain weekend league to me because I, uh, I that's a Madden thing, right? I don't do Madden, so I really have no idea. Yeah, it's in Madden. You play. It starts Thursday and it go. It runs until Monday morning at about ten Eastern. Uh, you get twenty five games to play. There's tiered rewards with. Uh, the highest you can go, I think, is 18 wins. So if you go 18 and 7, you get the highest rewards. Unless you make top 100, which has its own rewards for that week. Um, and then it's just tiered downwards. So that'd be something really cool to just add. Like a, We need a competitive mode besides ranked seasons. Like Everything but ranked seasons mm -hmm. is in the game to help you in ranked seasons. But some people mm -hmm. get sick of ranked seasons. So. Yep. They need some, if it's like a Legend BR or just like a crazy Weekend League event or just making events have better rewards and be harder mm -hmm. or something like that. I think to add on top of that, um, I'd like to see more rewards for those that reach 1,000, 1,100 and top 50 because what, you get like 10 packs total for all that, all that work? It's I mean, all you're only grinding for top 50, which is just a banner, which is, I mean, it's cool and it's, you know, cool to, to rep, but there definitely needs to be more rewards for those guys that are seriously grinding out this game and those top players. So that's, I mean, and I think that would make things way more exciting too. Um, I don't know what your thoughts would be on that, but. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think I, we we actually I think we have a good representation of like the spectrum of players here because mm -hmm. Seabrev is a top player. Uh, Day and I I think are roughly you know we're World Series players ish, uh, and then uh, Rai Rai is uh, not that good. No, yeah. So, but... <laughs> to put it mildly, I'll happily throw you under the bus here. Thank you, appreciate uh, it. Where, uh, what what would you want for the game next year, Rai? This is going to seem very very odd and out of the blue. I would like to see them change how collections work. I would like to see them get rid of live series collections and make it a team collection with tiered rewards for collecting not only the live series, but the then flashbacks and legends players for that team. 
Interesting. I think they they did some good things with collections this year, where like they they revisited collections after you already did them to yeah. like you know, like like let you mm-hmm. expand further upon the collection. I wish they had done that with the Wander Franco reward because uh, that was a really fun idea. Making Wander Prospect the top prospect in the game, um, making him the reward for the prospect cards. Except the card was kind of underwhelming and only got played for a little bit before. Uh, and then we never we never saw another wonder card. So I, mm-hmm. I, it I was completely underwhelming for the grind and how much stubs it costs. Yeah, that was wildly that that because that was before all of the methods of gaining stubs came around. So it, mm-hmm. was, it was really expensive at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and to piggyback uh, on what Seabrev said a long time ago, this also would it would also be a good place at the lower tiers to put the prospects in the future stars cards. Hmm. Yeah. So my my one wish list item, uh, and I know like I'm gonna be the one guy to complain about content when the content is amazing. Um, I want them to do better with acquiring the rights for recently retired players, because I don't like that we don't get Ichiro, Joe Maurer, mm-hmm. David Wright, Beltran, like these guys that retired in the last few years that are near and dear to our hearts because you know we've seen them play for the last 15 years of mm-hmm. our life. So uh, yeah, I, I would I would like for them to do better about getting these guys that are recently out of the league. So that's really my 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 one thing. I, I just want a David Wright card, please. I want that no, that's Jason Worth card back that we had for so many years. <laughs> that card was insane. It was. Um, what I have to add would be it's actually nothing to do with Diamond Dynasty. Um, and I think when I'm thinking about this, it's just like a different, you know, aspect to the game that you know has been really really lacking and that's uh road to the show um and i think that road to the show needs to have some online aspect to it i think it needs to be a 2k my career type situation whatever that looks like if you know you go to a sandlot or you you know there's a open world that i mean i just i'm thinking about you know a different way to expand the game to more people and a different mode to play when you're done you're not you know, when Diamond Dynasty's, you know, not what you want to play, um, they, they've they struggled on improving the other modes, and I think Road of the Show needs a complete overhaul. And um, I would really enjoy playing something like that. I don't know about you guys, but uh, to and maybe even have that, you know, go into your cap um, instead of just doing that grind just on Diamond Dynasty, maybe there's another way to go about it. But yeah, for sure. that's, that's something that I really would really would love to see. So that's what I was gonna say. Is it'd be really cool if there was like gated things for your cap that you could only acquire through Road of the Show. Mm-hmm. Like caps stop at what eighty nine overall or whatever right now. Yeah, if you could stretch your cap to like a ninety five if you hit X Y Z in Road of the Show, mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool yeah. because. There's a big debate on whether we should even have caps, but if you make it harder to make them good and, and also include Road to the Show, I think that would be really cool. I would, mm-hmm. I would love to see like a five v five in Road to the Show, like stickball mode, where you have one pitcher and you have to pick where you put your four fielders every batter with your yeah, no. in, in a line right up the middle for those perfect perfects. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I yeah, I you know what, I so I don't like caps personally, but if if I knew that this 95 cap got there through winning MVP in his season versus just, you know, equipping a good bat, I, I would prefer that. Yeah, so I, I like that. Didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if no one's got anything else, uh, let's take a minute. If you guys have anything to plug, plug away. Uh, phrasing there. But Yeah. Go, go for it. Uh, Seabrev. Uh, Let's start with Seabrev. Yeah, uh, my YouTube is Seabrev MLB The Show. My Twitter's at Seabrev MLB, and my Twitch is just Seabrev. So you can find me on all those platforms. Very cool. And, okay. yeah, you can catch me on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, like you said, YouTube. Um, it's all the same. Dayholy underscore Grail. You can find me anywhere with that name, so... Um, yeah, just uh, appreciate you having us, and uh, it's a good time, man, for sure. Yeah, thanks for bringing us on. Thank you guys so, for coming on. Dave, do you? Uh, there's a recording of that uh, that panel you did, right? Yep, 
Yep. Oh, yeah. So the panel is kind of um, something that I that I hope to um, kind of expand and bring a whole bunch of different content creators. Um, our first discussion was um, regarding mental health and this whole Movember movement that um, I, you know, kind of surround myself around. So, um, you know, look forward to that. I'm going to get that out uh, in podcast form, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's just something that I've been working on. Yeah, so Dave's got the full beard right now, but at the at the start of November, that was it was a it was a very handsome November mustache. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So we've we've got our our very typical modest content creators here, guys. Check out their YouTube channels; they've got so many videos. If you're if you're like not not even new to the game, but just it, like if you if you're interested in all time team content, Seabrass got it. If you're interested in no money spent, they both got it. Uh, just yeah. I'm I'm not much of a YouTube person myself, but any videos that I've watched from them has been very high high quality stuff. Uh, as far as Rai Rai and I, you can find us at Tape Measure Takes Tape Measure Pod on Twitter and uh, Facebook. You, and Facebook uh, if you're over the age of forty, uh, <laughs> I can I can be found at Schwebzy on Twitter, Schwebzy uh, on Twitch for the one time I stream every month or so. And uh, Rai Rai, what do you got? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Rai Rai Jones. Uh, once again, the pod is at Tape Measure Pod on Twitter and Facebook. And as always, we have our new T Public page, which is T Public uh, slash Tape at Dash Measure Dash Takes Dash Podcast. Um, we will have all thirty team color combinations coming to the store at some time in the near future. If your team is not there, just wait. Um, they're coming. Trust. Uh, we got our, our our graphics guys working on it right now. I I should have worn that shirt that I got on T Public. I think I've warned our listeners against this before. Don't buy the white baseball T shirt yeah. because it's just nips like right through the shirt. It's <laughs> don't, don't buy the. Is that a problem? I have. Yeah, I know. I don't see how that's an issue. <laughs> it's fine amongst friends, but in public, you know. Yeah. Um. The coffee mugs are, are great, apparently. So uh, a lot of people like yes. coffee mugs. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but with that, uh, I'm going to thank Seabrev and Day Holy Grail for coming on and doing this with us. Um, thank you guys so much for being here and giving us an hour uh, plus of your time. Um, until next week, guys, uh, for Schwebzy, uh, this is Rai Rai signing off for Tape Measure Takes. Bye, friends. Mm-hmm.